welcome to a women's brew where women talk about beer in today's episode we recap our women's history month experiences and take some time to interview the two people closest to the pod us i'm joanne and this is tori hello and we're two beer loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer come join us might be an interesting one today yeah so I basically I thought it'd be interesting before to do like an interview of each other and then we were like oh because we're doing all these like women focused things like why don't we I mean if we're going to interview people for the podcast for women's mother we're going to interview a woman or something you know very female based why not just interview each other and bring that forward so I think it'll be interesting um We've written some questions for each other and then um, we have some questions that people sent to us and we also pulled like our top like three or whatever uh, speed dating questions <laughs> because somebody recommended we use speed dating questions. And yeah, I, I, thought that was really I think that was idea. brilliant. Um, so That's we're going to speed one. date each other today. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be good. And then obviously at the end of the episode, um, we are going to have our long awaited beer that we you will have heard us I'm gonna just tease it I'm not gonna say what it is but you will have heard us talk about it last week I mean if you haven't heard us talk about it where have you been you've not been following us on the socials you've not been listening to the podcast like we're not gonna say what it is because obviously it's a complete mystery you're never gonna know so before we get into all the other stuff um the very first episode that we did was highlighting three women in beer that we really enjoy and we enjoy their beers um that was jager wise at wildcard um sophie durand at burnt mill and julia hunter at aura now she has moved on from there since then i know but she is still brewing um so we thought we'd give you a list of other breweries i feel i put this list together just now i feel like i've missed somebody if we've missed a brewery um that is either co-owned by women um there's women who are on the brew teams etc let us know because we want to know all of them Uh, but these are the ones that I've got for you today Um, and Tori do jump in if I miss somebody and we'll do something I mean you'll probably remember like I feel like on the spot where you've got (laughs) you've got the list in front of you you'll probably be on it but if I if I can think of anything off on the top of my head I'll do it but before we do I've had a day I'm feeling extra spicy I want to open my beer up (laughs) Well, so actually, on our list is double barreled, um, because Lucy co-owns double barreled, and there are several women in the brew team, in the brewery team, in the management teams, all of that. So and they hosted they an international women's collaboration brew day this they year. Did. Um, I'd already agreed to go yep. to Sheffield <laughs> when <laughs> I realised we may uh, well have gone there. This one that was that was a bit more local to me, but I regret nothing because it was a really great time in Sheffield, regardless. Um, admittedly, the one that I have uh is past its BBE because mine's different to yours. Um, oh, is yours it different is, to mine? Yeah, it is. Um, it's past its BBE. Admittedly, I'll you know hands up on that. Not by much, and and it's a it's a goes so i imagine it's it'll be fine but um yeah i thought so i'd put got, that out there before yeah. someone listens and goes i know that one and that one's past it's being um, so we both got for those that are listening a 
Um, we have got a version of Punnet. Mine is the red currant and black currant, and there's a fruited kettle sour. And was yours? Mine is blackberry and black currant, and it's a fruited Ooh. goose. That's exciting. Yeah. Mine. Five point five percent. What's yours? Five percent. Five percent. Similar. Oh, um, nice sessionable beer for Monday night because we're recording on a Monday night. Yeah, my my one that wasn't past its uh, was a bit higher in in, uh, yeah. <laughs> in ABV, and I was like, it's also still Monday, Monday, and I yeah, have to wake up again. Mine is a beautiful hazed pink, like raspberry pink, and it's yep. got a pink tinged head. Mine is gorgeous. Look at that. Look at the head on that. Look at the gorgeous pink head on that. Yeah. Loving it. It smells fruity. I, um, so I picked this one up. I believe I picked this one up at the Hive, which is local to me. Um, And I don't know if it was this one or a different one, um, but I did create like a bit of a a mix. Like I did like a beer blender of this and something else that was on tap. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it ended up being amazing. So (laughs) they're like, their their sours and their gozes like mix so well with other things as well. If you want to play around and experiment. Yeah, I've got a nice bit of... um... Smells Lactic. like a punnet. Lactic tartness <laughs> on mine. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Red currants and black currants tend to be a bit tartar. Definitely. And I'm getting I'm getting the nice wheat in the background. It's a bit grainy on the back. It's lovely. I, was gonna say, I think I'm getting a fair amount of blackberry. I mean, both the black currant and the blackberry, really. Um, it is really lovely. It is very tart. And it's probably perfect if you're a person that really likes a tart beer. The tartness on mine is definitely coming through like towards the back end more there's like a nice sharp bite at the end it's yeah. really nice lovely color nice. lovely taste i like it thank it so let's proceed with the list right so we've had double barreled um there's also georgina young now she was head brewer at fuller's then she moved to bath Ales. she is now brewery director at st Aust- at st Austell. so there you go um obviously duration uh is co-owned by miranda um, there is Brewsters in Lincolnshire. Um, Tartarus is co-owned as well, as is Echo by the lovely Helena, who we have had on. Uh, New Barnes has Emma. I think she co-owns. don't know if she's the brewer. Uh, Jump Ship has Sonia, who is a brewer. Abbeydale is co-owned by Sue. Neptune up in Liverpool, co-owned and brewer is Julie. Uh, nomadic gaffer at, Nad- at nomadic is katie we met her the other day um then we've got red from first and last obviously we interviewed red she's wonderful um, then a so brewery, so i got this list off of crafty beer girls um which is um a community and industry facebook group for women in the beer industry um so there's a couple of breweries on here that i've not heard of oh okay um Colourcoats Brewery, they have Anna. Um, Durham Brewery, now I have heard Durham, and I had, I've, I think I drank some of their beers quite a while ago. They have Ellie. Uh, Brick Brewery is co owned and has two brewers who are women. Uh, Brew York has women on the brewery team. Cloudwater has women on the brewery team. Wildcard obviously has Jager. Uh, Play Brew Co has a women led brew team. Good Chemistry has Kelly on the brew team. 
Mothership, obviously the lovely Jane. We've spoken to her before. Um, Villages has Zoe, who is one of the brewers. Jawbone is co-owned by Emma. Uh, Five Points Brewing has Alicia and Alana on the brew team. Quantuk is owned by Cheryl. Fierce is co-owned by Lucy. Obviously our lovely friends Mirakai. The lovely Emma is there. Um, Toast Ale was co-founded by Louisa. Coalition has the lovely Charlotte Cook on the brew team. Um, Harbour Brewing has a female-led brew team. Heist has friend of the show Rachel as one of their brewers and some lovely women working in the rest of the team as well. Lost Industry is co-owned um, by Helen and there is a uh, woman on the brew team at Buxton as well. So correct me if I'm wrong, um, Wild Beer Co. Mm. Yes, the lovely Jane. Oh, I forgot Jane. Yep, works at... Um, <laughs> So <laughs> I was going to say, I was well, like, I'm, I'm, I was like, unless, unless well, she's moved on no, or I'm James confusing it. Um, um, Laura has moved though. I know that Laura, who, used, who worked there as well, she's moved to Denmark. So there was also uh, Frankie is a co-owner at uh, the park. There is Becky at Nirvana, which is uh, low, oh, yeah. no alcohol. So yeah. if you're into that kind of thing and you want to support, you know women owners in there that's that's one to go to um there's fiona who is the co-owner and the original brewer of Loch Lamond. uh whew, who else is there i feel like i'm thinking on toes here lakes brew co is co-owned i believe 71 brewing i think has got women on the brew team and Belfields, which is the gluten-free brewery up in scotland they have women on the brew team as well so many so there's also, I don't know how it took this long to pop into my brain, Grace at Liquid Light. Oh my God, how can we forget Grace? <laughs> Hi, Grace. <laughs> Literally, I think it's just the thing of like, when you talk to people and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, mental, mental note there. You just don't, when you're on the spot, you're like, okay. Like you're trying to think of things and then it just goes out your head. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I was like, bring it back to the obvious here. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know that we're definitely missing so, 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 so many. Like, yeah, tell us all the ones. Like, and I mean, the thing is, there's always going to be someone that's going to turn around to us and go, "Well, it doesn't matter who brews my beer as long as it's good beer." Totally agree. However, let's highlight these people because, and as well, you know, queer brewing. We've got Lily. You know, there. I was going to mention that there. as well. Yeah. You know, we've got all sorts of people out there um, who are brewing, but some of them don't get as much recognition as others. So. Just do a little highlight. Oh, Pip works at Salt. And of course, she started Coven Brewsters. We'll talk about them again towards the end of the episode. Uh, but they do collaboration brews with other breweries as well. I think it's it's not even All so much friends. as well. It's not even so much as well um, saying, well, you know, y- you're right. It, it doesn't matter who brews your beard how they identify or anything like that it doesn't matter who owns it and how they identify like as long as their ethics are good and you know they're a person that you can um have common ground like that you that you feel happy supporting like that that's great um but also I don't think there's anything wrong with promoting the visibility because it means that other people can see themselves in that role as well yes um because I think it is very important to highlight the visibility and be it 
it is very much like sometimes you could you could think to yourself if you don't see that there's all these like female brewers hustling like out there you might think to yourself if you are someone that identifies as, as female um you might turn around and go well where do I fit into that equation because uh, clearly it's uh, a man's job and clearly you know as a woman maybe I'm not capable of doing this job or else or else I would see more more female identifying people doing it and so I think that's another reason why it's really important to call those those people out or those breweries out that do have um you know strong females representing whether that be in the ownership in the brewing both beyond that really to be honest um just I, I think it's important like not just women it is and I mean color, people uh queer folk non-binary folk like all the different people's completely and I do think that it it is hard work but that's not Mm. to say that like hard work doesn't equal a particular gender like if you know maybe you aren't in you you aren't the type of person that can lift bags like that regardless of your gender it doesn't matter maybe you are a person that can I, I think it's just important to get that visibility and to call it out for that visibility and to support the people that are showing that you know visibility to show that we're there to support them so that's just my two unsolicited p on the matter so i don't think it's unsolicited we're literally doing an episode about it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah for all intents and purposes un- unsolicited p. <laughs> cool so hopefully that gave you some ideas of the current list of who you can sort of buy her beer that's a great hashtag <laughs> i like that one yes i like that one as well uh but honestly, like if you've got if if we missed any, I'm sure we like I'm not gonna say if we missed any, I'm sure we missed a whole bunch. Yeah, I'm There's sure probably we some those. glaringly obvious ones yeah. where people that we know are probably like, what Bert about Mill. me? Didn't say Burt Mill. Burt Mill. I mean, I feel like because it's probably because we like sort of called it out at the yeah. start that was not on the forefront of the mind. <laughs> but um, but yeah, honestly, like feel free to message us and we'll make sure we add it in somewhere down the line. You know, fine, ha- happy days. Uh, so. I'm excited this next part I'm a bit excited about yes because this is your brainchild my brainchild but also it's just because so this was this this was before we get into this let's crack our next beer open which is one of my favorites which is the echo black smoked porter I absolutely love this beer honestly so sessionable love it so much um yeah, can't wait to drink this bad boy because it wasn't available for a while and then we got it yep. in a pack of um international women's day set yeah that was released by mirakai yeah i love this one let's see does it does it still taste as good as i remember i'm going in it still smells as good as i remember it's um it's like a very dark brown with a gold highlight and it's got a nice foamy beige head lightly so it's smoked but it's not like it's not like yeah it's not so heavily smoked that it's like roasty smoke if you don't if you are a person that doesn't necessarily or hasn't yet found a smoky beer you like, yeah. you wouldn't smell this and be like, oh, I think, yeah. I think there's a, this nice chocolatiness to the yeah. smell. But it's not a cacao nib chocolate, which sometimes can be a real turn off to me. Because I think when you smell cacao nib, you're expecting bittersweet. Yeah. There's nothing worse than when you smell something that's like really rich like a really nice like milk chocolate and then you have it and it's like cacao nib like this doesn't smell like cacao nib at all unless you like cacao nib some people might but it's lovely coffee caramel dark chocolate 
yeah. touch of like tobacco. Yeah, but still like I would say the smokiness is really like present towards the back end yeah. more so than than the immediate like first sip. But it's all just like it's so complex. There's so many flavors going on in there while also being so drinkable like I feel like a lot of really complex beers are not the most sessionable beers um and this one is only I want to say around the five percent mark actually five percent yeah five percent so it is ABV wise quite sessionable um and just in terms of taste it's quite sessionable yeah so if you've not had anything from Echo I mean why not go buy some um if you've not had something smoked before this is your inroad. Go give it a go. If you're going to be at Arendelle uh, Brewfest, we probably won't have this one on, but we will have something from Echo. We will have something so, from Echo. 100% go. And if you're going to be there, come check us out and try one of um, I don't think we've actually mentioned this on the podcast. So I think it. we probably <laughs> should. Before, do, before people are like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Uh, we have been asked to curate a bar at the Aaron Dawn Friends Brewfest. I'm uh, very excited about Very it. excited, very <laughs> honoured. Um, and on our bar will be the lovely Echo. Uh, we're also going to have Full Circle and Heist. Um, it's such difficult. I just want to stop and say, like, it was a really difficult decision. It was. Like, I we feel like we had several in our back pocket. Just in there case. were so many. And then the problem was, is like, you could only pick three like yeah. everyone can only pick like you couldn't have duplication so if you picked a brewery and someone else already picked it yeah it was like that was a no-go like sort of thing so we had to like sit there and be like all right first time around we need to come up with like the best list we can because we just need to make sure that we fit everything <laughs> in there and it was like so 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 difficult and then there was like certain ones who were like oh this one's really good but like every like everyone will probably we wanted to highlight people that we know we love that make really great beers that we have, you know, really good connections to because, you know, it's Arendelle and friends. We wanted to be like, let's showcase our friends. Let's showcase our friends. <laughs> and I think we are. Think and we, we are. wanted it to be something that maybe not everyone's just gone out and been like, oh yeah, but like, like, you know, with Echo, maybe not everyone's gone out and been like, oh yeah, I just go pick up an Echo order today. So we were very conscious of picking things like that. And um I'm really excited. I think we've got a really great lineup. <laughs> yeah, we've got some tasty offerings. We have some tasty beers on our bar. So if you're going, or if you this has now made you want to go buy a ticket, go get one. Come say we'll hello be there. To us. We will be there. Yeah, Friday and both Saturday sessions, and we will probably be working the bar for the majority of it. Um, so yeah, come and say hi. Try out the beer. We may or may not have the beer that we made for international women's collaboration brew day i don't know i'm not gonna say what it is but it's gonna be f wording interesting so yeah, you are gonna want to try it if you like Trial interesting bottles, we're good yeah <laughs> but yeah that was like a way to lead into like uh we're gonna talk about beer and then also we're gonna be like oh by the way by the way in. go buy some tickets <laughs> yeah go buy tickets um so yeah the next part of this episode is definitely my brainchild but i just because so I thought it'd be really interesting to interview each other because I know that I don't know how you feel, but when I scroll through Instagram or I see other people that like I have beer in common with, but I don't really know that much else about them. Maybe occasionally they make a post of doing a hobby they enjoy or something. And I'm like, I didn't know that about you. That's really interesting. Or they share something else that they're passionate with that's outside of beer or an interesting story or something, something that fun that's happened to them. I really enjoy seeing those things outside of beer. And I think a lot of times 
beer Instagram can feel like there's a lot of pressure to just be all about the beer all the time. And likewise, I think that people lose a sense of like, like thinking of people on on Instagram or social media in general as like real people that have real hobbies and real lives and then not everything revolves around what they do on social media so I mean I thought it would just be quite interesting in promoting the spirit of you know equality and inclusivity for everyone that maybe on our end we could just open up a bit more about ourselves that people could learn more about us outside of just what we talk about beer wise don't know don't know how you feel about that but um but yeah yeah I mean I suppose it depends on what you've signed up to follow that person about true like you know if you're just following the person because you quite like the person then yeah you want to see all round but if you're just following them to see what their beer opinions are then you may not be as bothered (laughs) I guess for me it's like I quite like being like I follow you for your beer stuff and then also if I find out something interesting about you that I can relate to that makes me want to root for you even more like that makes me want to continue to follow you whereas like if I find out that yeah actually uh your morals are something that I I can't get yeah that's an unfollow then I'm like oh yeah no deal breaker exactly so that's probably kind of why I like seeing you so I like to have that connection with people so I thought in the spirit of people getting to know us a bit better I mean you didn't really ask for it people but you're I thought it. it'd be interesting and fun so <laughs> you're getting it because Tori's excited about it so yeah I'm excited about it so we're doing it and that's that um so yeah we've uh, got some questions for each other I've written down my questions very studiously on a piece of paper oh so we've got our questions together yep. I'm gonna keep sipping on this deliciously tasty beer and we do it you want to alternate one in one you can go cool. first. Right. It was your idea. All right. Cheers. Um, I'm the one that's super excited about it. You're just along for the ride. And speaking of being along for the cruise, uh-huh. it's a cruise-based question. I'll start okay. with that. Um, what drew you to what you've obviously told us that you worked on cruise ships before? I don't think that's a mystery to anybody. You've talked about that was your yep. sort of how you first got to your experience of getting into craft beer. Yep. Um, what drew you to working on cruise ships? And is that something that you think, like living that lifestyle, do you think that's something that you could go back to doing now or do you think you'd struggle? Uh, no, I could not go back to that lifestyle now. <laughs> I can answer that one very quickly. That was um, not even like, been, you didn't even think about no, it. I don't when even I asked think you how, it. you went, ha, okay. And then I went, would you go back to it? You're like, no, no. immediate no. That was like an immediate no, immediate yeah, no. 100% <laughs> no. Because I've thought about it. Like I thought about it. I've still got friends that are working on cruise ships and I'm just like, no. Like, Would it make a difference if Gordon could go with you? Would you be like, oh, if the two of you, or would it just be the overall lifestyle? You'd just be like, no, no. There's like, I could do a whole other podcast episode about the pros and cons of working on cruise ships. Um, Like I personally feel like for the role that I did, which was was in the theatre department as the wardrobe supervisor, which is literally only a role that's available on like, two cruise lines <laughs> out of all of them um because that's a whole other whole other dealio of how that works but um you you put up and you shut up <laughs> like you don't get you if you're not an officer you don't get like we we had privileges because we were the entertainment department um but only to a certain point and then there's other privileges that you are just like, you know what? It's fine. I don't need a room with a window for 10 months. Oh, I'd hate that. <laughs> and, and I can live with someone I've never met before no. for six months. Um, because 
because there's other things, other be- other benefits of working on cruise ships that you get. I'm at the point now where I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to sacrifice that. So I was- <laughs> Mate, you say that. I literally, for a work thing, um, was like, well, they got we've got these hotel rooms that we got for a Christmas party that that didn't happen, and we're going yeah. to Bristol on Friday, and they were like, oh, we've got these rooms, so if you guys want to stay in Bristol, you can stay in Bristol. But for the Christmas yeah. party, we were originally supposed to share rooms with somebody else, and like I love the people I work with. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them. No, but I barely share rooms with people. Outside. <laughs> I, I share rooms with my, with my husband yeah. obviously, or my family, but I barely share rooms with like people I'm friends with. Yeah, unless I really need to, and it's someone that I've had to have known for like at least five years, and it's not even because of them. It's because of me and my yeah. self consciousness, like sleeping. And I was like, oh no, I'm not going to stay. And then they were like yeah actually everyone gets like we have enough we don't have enough people going we've got more hotel rooms so you can have your own room and I was like I guess I'm gonna stay in Bristol then (laughs) like it was it's that kind of thing I can't imagine being with a complete stranger for like six months seriously (laughs) one night I'd be like there's this whole I, I, I don't know whether it happens in other industries and stuff but because you're living with these people like living with your cast living with these people like they become like your family because you're just with them 24 hours a day seven days a week like the whole time and then you go in and you start living with this person that you may have never met before and um, either they're really great or they're just really not like there's there's no gray area in the middle like I've had like amazing roommates would have been like how did you not murder <laughs> with them and there's some that I'm just like if I ever see you again <laughs> we're gonna have problems it'll be too soon you were like you're just thinking like let's get to international waters right and then (laughs) yeah what what actually drew you to it then in the first place was was there something specific about it or was it just an interesting opportunity it was literally an opportunity as a as a wardrobe person as a costume person you unless you get like onto the West End or something like that you are working contract to contract and I just got offered a contract (laughs) And then it happens that I was good. I was really good at it. So they just kept giving me contracts. So you just kept going. How how do you, just out of sheer curiosity, this is not one of my questions, but just follow-up question to that, not about murder. How did you actually find the job on a cruise ship? Was it, did you know it was on a cruise ship at the time you applied for it? Yeah. Or like, where do you go? If somebody listening was like, that sounds really interesting maybe it's not the same now but like where did you go to find a job trade papers um the the stage is the trade paper for all (laughs) theater gigs and they just put that what they used to I mean I don't know now this was 2006 (laughs) so it's a fair time ago um there's probably boards online now and, and Facebook groups and things like that um but yeah there was an advert in there that they were looking for wardrobe that this particular product because I started working for the production company um and then partway through my time working on cruise ships the cruise line decided to become their own production company um so I then transferred over to the cruise line rather than the production company uh, so the production company had just put out I think I think it was an advert for dancers and singers and like an open audition for that and then they were like wardrobe people as well email this and I guess but also wardrobe people right and also wardrobe people because they need significantly less wardrobe people you only have you mm, I mean some of the bigger ships now have more than one of the cruise line that I worked for um 
wardrobe supervisors use generally one per ship, depending on the size. There, you can have up to there was up to three on one of the bigger ships I went on to. Um, you can have stitches, but you do kind of one off. You come on for a couple of weeks, do the turnover, and then go again. Oh, it's is very, that like if someone comes on and you're changing, like you're adjusting when we change over the cast. So the whole, like the whole cast would, like the way we did it was the whole cast would swap over every six months. So then you'd have extra people that would come on to help you get through that because I would literally, like, I, I go through my Facebook um, memories and it, there'll be posts that are like, I'm going missing for a week because it's changeover and just wouldn't, I wouldn't post for a whole week because I was working like 100 hour days, <laughs> 100 hour weeks, 20 hour days. My, my first, my first record was a 17 hour straight day. And then I topped that with a 20 hour straight day. <laughs> Welcome to working in theatre. The show so must if, go on. Yeah, I mean, if this is really, really uh, something that's right up your alley, if she's just sold it to you right there with 17, uh, <laughs> 17 to 20 hour days sometimes and right. no windows. No windows. Just <laughs> for six months. But I got to visit loads of yeah. interesting countries. So, and I'm, I met so many amazing people some Obviously, people not the so trade amazing, off but the trade-off has to be like incredible i mean like think about it you got to go to alaska you got to go to alaska, alaska. brewing <laughs> yeah alaska is one of my favorite places hawaii um so jealous about that was my first so my first contract i got told i was going to the caribbean so you pack accordingly not a bad going, not a bad because you're going to the caribbean right and i was going to be on the ship for 10 months technically you're only supposed to do generally they would only do six this one was 10 because there was like a weird crossover. You're only allowed to be on the ship for 10 months at a time because otherwise you go a little bit stir crazy because, you know, you haven't got a window. <laughs> um, and there are times when they can tell you you can't get off. <laughs> so, yeah, um, like that. yeah, so, so yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, but I was like, yeah, 10 months. Got told I was going to the Caribbean. Like three months in, they were like, yeah, so we're going to reposition. And I was like, what's that? Oh, so for the season, like we're going to move. For the summer we're going to move somewhere else we're going to alaska and i was like sorry what i had to buy a winter coat i had to buy winter oh. boots like i mean in the summer you get really beautiful days in alaska and sometimes you don't so you do need some uh slight more layers than you would in the caribbean let's say yeah it's like that would not be a fun change up of expectation versus i'm sure it's like gorgeous once absolutely you're there. Loved but can you imagine can you imagine thing. being like told though like yeah you're gonna go to like hawaii or the caribbean or something like that and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like oh no 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 change course we're going to yeah. alaska i did four <laughs> so i did four months in the caribbean um four months in alaska that must be such a drastic change as well to go from yeah. the caribbean but, to but alaska the fun bit is so the really fun bit is when you do repositioning because then you do about three weeks where you just go and do really interesting stuff while you're moving to wherever you're going. I've been through the Panama Canal four different times. Oh, cool. <laughs> One time I thought the ship was going to have to be pulled out by horses because it, the ship was literally dying. Oh, no. And they refused to put it into dry dock to fix it on the West Coast. <laughs> they wouldn't do it until we got to the other end and it was because it was cheaper in the Caribbean. <laughs> and we were just like, this ship's going to die <laughs> in the middle of the Panama Canal and we're going to have to be like pulled out by horses. <laughs> It didn't. We made it to the Caribbean. It was fine. But we skipped a bunch of ports because they weren't going to make it because we couldn't go fast enough because the engine was dying. Jeez. Well, yeah, that's my question answered. Also, I'm really enjoying like the, I don't know if you noticed that there's like a salinity 
like to this beer like there is like this nice salty it's not um like normally i don't like when there's too much saltiness in a beer and i wouldn't say okay. this is too much at all i feel like it's just a very nice balance it like balances out the, the smokiness a savoriness to it yeah i think it's like that that just lovely balance and accompaniment to the smoke uh it's just it's nice it's a really nice thing. I just wanted to yeah. say because I didn't really call that out when we first talked about tasting notes. But yeah, that's in there and it's really lovely. Yeah. It's my turn now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, despite, you know, other than your husband. Yeah. Well, where's this going? I'm nervous. What were, your re- <laughs> what were your reasonings for, like, what did you think about when you were moving to the UK from the US? Pros and cons. Um, no. So, to be honest, um, Oh, I always hate saying this because then when I tell people like the full story, like people then think that it was like a ploy and I can tell you like it a hundred percent was not. Um, I always like, even since I was a kid, really, really like had a fondness for the UK. Um, I like grew, like growing up, I was a massive avid reader. Like my sister used to read to me before I could really properly like read myself. One of my sisters did. Um, and uh, like, I remember I had this book of like children's Shakespeare stories that I used to read when I was old enough to read by myself and like all that, all that kind of stuff. So like, even from a young age, like knew about sort of like English stuff Um, as a preteen going into a teenager, like my favorite book series was the um, Angus Thongs in Full Frontal Snogging. So the Georgia Nichols, uh, Georgia Nicholson series that was by Louise Renison, which is, based on like a group of uh, teenage girls or pre-teenage girls in in the UK I listened to a lot of like British bands I was my dad was a massive Beatles person so I was raised on the Beatles like all that my oldest sister like she used to watch the young ones and and all that stuff and I used to watch that with her and and Monty Python and all so I think there was always like this love and appreciation of the UK and I was always like someday I'm just gonna go over there and I'm gonna go to um, college over there and I'm going to go live over there I mean before realizing the reality of you can't just <laughs> up and move somewhere yeah um but yeah so then obviously I met my husband um we were intending on only being friends uh like literally I was like nope this is not you know we live too far apart realistically like it's it's not going to work out sort of thing and then we just kept talking to each other playing games like video games with each other um all that kind of stuff and then it came down to like well we want to be together so the way that we have to do that you know for us to be able to live together we have to get married and I don't mean that in a way of like we wouldn't have wanted to be married by any means like I don't want that to be misinterpreted it's like if we were in the same country we could happily live together and not like and, and be totally happy with that yeah. um but yeah you've got to do the legal things to be able to do the, the moving don't regret anything happy very happy um but it became it came down to well where are we going to live are we going to live in the us are we going to live in the uk and it the reason we picked the uk was like my job was working in a um a, a to make it less identifiable um I was just working retail basically uh in comparison and he had a career already established he owned a house um already he had a car that he absolutely loved that he didn't you know he doesn't 
want to give his car up even now it's hilarious um <laughs> all that kind of like all that stuff sort of factored in um so it was just sort of like who has more to give up family things aside and it just weighed out that actually it was it was probably better for me to go there also I never finished uni so mm. there you go that's fun fact for you <laughs> I never finished uni uh so career-wise it was better for me to build a career <laughs> over here than it was going to be for he also didn't go to uni so to try for two people without a uni degree in the US is you know one person alone is difficult to yes yeah, not great so yeah that's that's it wasn't really anything about like I always loved the UK but there wasn't anything in my decision that was like yeah Rick aside I want to go there for this it was more like Rick's there and here's all the benefits of that as well of like well we can travel around Europe like quite easily and we can do all this stuff and overall have a better life together yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that's the answer to my question there you go okay <laughs> not sure it's as interesting as that cruise ship chat but I'll, I'll take it um so what do you consider your biggest accomplishment or or your most proud moment to date and like you can give one that's within beer and one that's outside of beer Ooh, oh, that's a really that's good a one, one that's a good one though isn't it yeah so I suppose <laughs> that the pinnacle of my wardrobe career was working for Kiss because you know cool. you can't really top that can you no you can't getting serenaded by Gene Simmons it's pretty amazing yeah that was pretty good um, <laughs> um I think so far because you know there's still space within my beer career should we call it um just this international women's day like i stood there like well i took the moment to make sure that because rachel organized our day at heist it was an amazing um, day yeah it was an amazing day and i made her stand still and like look at what she'd done <laughs> because she'd been stressing about it hi rachel <laughs> um, i'm sure she loves that word specifically yeah. like rachel rachel <laughs> um <laughs> But as well, I kind of realised then that like when I went to my first international women's collaboration brew day back in 2019, I was looking to these women that were like getting on, like in the brew house, knew what they were doing, getting on with it, doing, okay, I'll do this bit, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you're teaching that, like, la, la, la. Like I was one of those women this time. Like I've become the woman that I look to to see what to do. And I was then there helping to bring other women in. Um I think that's I think that's an achievement I think so as well yeah I'd say inside of inside of beer every time I think that I've like hit something that's really the coolest thing I think that I never would have seen happening I then hit something that's even cooler like it's it's the (laughs) I don't know it's like oh cool I've been asked to do a collaboration like we we did a collaboration with a brewery like we were fully asked to do that we didn't approach anybody about doing it like that was cool and I thought that was the coolest thing but then that was topped by being like oh cool now that's physically being poured on tap somewhere Mm -hmm. that's super cool and it's like was in a women on tap showcase yeah oh yeah Yeah. I totally forgot about that we got not only was it on tap it was in the women on tap showcase yeah and 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 we 
got to we do were, a podcast. We were like, commissioned, we were by commissioned women in to do something like that was really to cool. Highlight women's women's voices. Almost forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and then and then like that happened. And then it's like, okay, we're gonna go. I did an international women's collaboration. We had a double brew day and like double that's brew cool. day. But that's not even the first time that I got a chance to commercially brew, which was super cool. And now it's like cool i've got my face on on a can like that's my face that's pretty cool as well looking at the video like that's my face that's joe's face our faces are on a can like that is cool but then i sit there and i go yeah that's really fucking cool but then i'm we're talking on this episode and we're like yeah so we're just gonna have a bar at a beer festival and it's like i didn't all these things, I mean, even like the, I, I was like, I have to order as many of these cans as I can because I don't know if my face is ever going to be on something. But then I said that, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to brew a, a beer again. And and then my face ended up on a can alongside other amazing badass women. So yep. I don't know. I keep taking every opportunity as like, this could be the only time I ever get to do this. And then just something even more cool happens. And it's like, isn't that life advice amazing breweries like (laughs) take the opportunities and like if you like going back to where we were like let's show people that they can be in this space like when you're given that opportunity go for it don't worry about whether you think you're qualified enough or whether you think you can do it like if you've got the slightest thing that you can do it go do it but I also think like uh for, for me one piece that I would tack onto that though is like treat every opportunity though like it could be the only time that you get to do that and the only reason I say that is not because you know life is fleeting and you'll only ever get to do this once but because I feel like you really have an appreciation you really take it in when you don't when you make sure you don't take it for granted and you're like I might never get to do this again so you really fully do it to the best of your ability and then if you get to do it again you go oh cool when I did it last time I remember I was like this this and this and this time I know a bit more so let's push it even further and treat it like it's like I might never do it again yeah um but yeah that was like I said it's so for me it's difficult to pick an in beer one because every time I think I have one it gets trumped by something else but outside of of beer I would say mine is probably getting my citizenship my dual citizenship that is uh, something that I'm probably the most proud about because I bet you know more about the UK than I do. <laughs> I definitely know more, more about the UK than my husband does because <laughs> we did a we did one of the practice quizzes yeah. and I passed and he didn't. So <laughs> uh, a lot of the people that I worked with at the time as well also knew more than that. They like could not believe some of the questions that were asked. Yeah. I was like, eh. so I was very proud of that because that was not a cheap experience. It was not an easy experience, and I mean, I know that I'm for lack of a better way to describe it but it is the way that a lot of us talk about it is like we're the right type of immigrant um to the country like even being the quote-unquote right type of immigrant right um you still have like a whole bunch of hurdles that you have to get over and until you get your citizen I mean even when you get your citizenship status it doesn't really like it doesn't make everything whole and suddenly you're like cool I 100% belong there but it definitely helps it's like you having like being like I'm gonna get this this you know beer server certification so you can be like look I can talk about things like it's like me having that passport I'm like look I'm here now uh but yeah that's that's mine um my next question for you if you were to win the lottery tomorrow and let's just call it like a million pounds just because that seems realistic to win in a lottery yeah 
without being too much or infinite money. Uh, what would you do with it? And how do you think that your life, your day-to-day life would change? Um, I think I would probably invest it in my business, part of it in my business. Um, I know everyone thinks, you know, you tell me, like, I'd build a brewery and I'd brew all this beer and blah, blah, blah. I don't think I would. Um, I think I want to stay on, like, the the education and the like that kind of it's not outside of beer but you're kind of the other side (laughs) of beer kind of side of it and I think I'd I'd do more education properly put money into and have the time to build the business more because that's the thing a minute with it being on the side of my day job you don't quite get as much to be able to invest into it um and then maybe build at a home brewery just for me to play in. <laughs> you got to treat yourself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned about like, oh, like oh, I'd build a brewery or whatever. Because I used to always think like my, my stance is if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would not stop working because I enjoy having, like I feel like that gives me a purpose to do something every day. Yeah. If I just sat back and did nothing. Like, yeah, no, I, would, I wouldn't do nothing. I'd, I'd feel just, bored. Yeah, I'd just do the work that I wanted to do. But that's it. You do the thing that you're passionate about that maybe yeah. wouldn't give you the same ability to focus on it if that was your sole focus. Yeah. Um, and I used to be like, oh, I get, I'd start up like a pub where I had like a little microbrewery in the back and it would be like a gaming pub with board games and video games. Now I think that I'm like, yeah, I'd probably like to go into beer events. Yeah. Because then I could focus all my time and energy into that and, and, Right, so when we both win the Just lottery, have the money you, to keep things going. <laughs> you do the event you do the event planning. I'll come along and do all the knowledge and yeah. beer tastings and all of that. And then we can just bring all of our friends who are the breweries in to bring the beer in. There we go. There's our Done. future sorted. There is our future sorted. We just need yeah. to start playing the lottery. <laughs> um I'm also conscious I just asked you two questions, so you get to ask two um, questions in a row. And you get to answer them as well if it's not specific to me. Okay. Um what was the first beer that you really remember being absolutely delicious? I don't know. Um, it was. I honestly don't think I could give you a specific name, but I could tell you it was probably Magic Hat. Okay. Um, it was probably Magic Hat because I don't want to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was this one. <laughs> Red Stripe or PBR or something like that. I think like that's the moment that I was like, that's what I was used to drinking. And actually, like Red yeah. Stripe, it was like so good in the summer, like a nice red stripe in the summer out of the little stubby bottles. It was like, yes. But like I wouldn't be like, oh, that was amazing or anything like that. I, I do yeah. think it was probably a magic hat of some sort. It was probably the 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 number nine. Yeah, number nine was good. That was a good beer. Um and what what do you perceive as the differences between like the US beer scene and the UK beer scene that you've experienced? Oh, that's a good question. That's like a really big one to unpack. Uh, I'll keep it as short as I can. Basically, I kind of think like my experience in the US is like you can't even scratch the surface of the beer. Like I feel like over here you could realistically get super involved in the overall country the nation not just country but the whole yeah. nation uk beer scene because there's a lot of breweries but it's a manageable amount when you think about all the breweries across you know 
all the states in the US. It's just so many and you won't even get to visit most of them. And yeah. I mean, as we've seen, it's so difficult to move to move beer. <laughs> it's your, like unless you're your going rules are weird. They're weird. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's very I get it. So there is a so I like I had to learn a little bit about the three tier system for my for my sister own. And I get that it was like originally put in place because over here, like there were big breweries that had kind of dominated the market and so they were trying to stop that but now it's just stopping breweries from being able to even get in front of of like a small amount of people outside of their directly outside their door almost I mean yeah I think I'm very uh being where I'm from I'm very blessed that we've got like some amazing breweries that are within easy driving distance or commuting distance or whatever and I'm the town that my family lives in um again not gonna identify at all but literally like we've got an amazing liquor store aka the equivalent of a bottle shop because it's got all like our liquor stores have all the mainstream stuff and the wines and the liquors and all that but like it has such a good craft section in addition to all that and um yeah like I'm trying to think of like I've seen the 450 like north in there i've seen kcbc in there and i mean those aren't necessarily like local to us but they still have that really good selection of stuff so i'm very spoiled in that regard but i mean also just like the new england area in general like across the states has just such amazing amazing breweries with such like a range of stuff but even when you think that you've like cool i've drank all the beer that you know massachusetts has to offer or i'm very immersed in the whole new england beer scene it doesn't even like you can't even begin to register like what's being had in another state yeah like i couldn't tell if you're like how like when we were speaking to um first sip brew books and it was like here in those breweries and the ones they've dealt with i was like honestly or or you know shannon or you know the yeah. brew export I was like, I haven't even heard of some of these and they sound amazing. But over here, I feel like you can get more of a handle on things. Yeah. You can stay in the loop with everything that's out there that you want to try a lot easier than you can in the US. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so that's definitely I hope that I hope that made sense. Yeah. I sort of answered the question. But yeah. um I also can't pretend that I'm an expert because I, you know, having not lived over there for you know going on almost a decade weirdly um, you don't need an expert to have an opinion <laughs> about your experiences no but I'm sure there's like so many other very specific things that someone that lives there at the moment could tell you but I just yeah I didn't ask but, that I asked for your experience <laughs> back to the second question you had then what's the first beer that you remember was it would it just be the Sam Adams thing? yeah it was Sam Adams it definitely was like I remember drinking um like having like a Carling and a Budweiser and probably Heineken as well. And just being like, just doesn't really nah. taste of anything. Like it didn't, didn't, it wasn't interesting. And it wasn't until like I'd had Corona as well when I was on the ship. Cause you know, we'd, we'd have crew parties you got to. and then it's a thing you gotta have. <laughs> well, we had, we'd have crew parties and you got free drinks, but it was whatever was in, you know, the massive bin full of ice. <laughs> And it was always like the free stuff. So it was like Corona and Heineken, Smirnoff Ices. Oh, no. Um, But then like when I was on, that was my, it was my third ship contract, but my second 
contract on the cruise line that I ended up on being most. Um, and they had Sam Adams. I'd never seen it before. And I got handed one and was just like, oh, I don't drink beer. Oh, <laughs> what is this? It's got flavour. That's, that's again why like, I feel like so spoiled because it's like I've grown up with that as like being a normal option of like when you go out and it wasn't always, always available there's always a samyes like you can always find some version of like samyes so wherever you it, go it managed to like we got it fairly regularly from then on but there were times where there was just no sam adams and i was just like but what what why have we got no sam adams what are you talking about and then that same contract we were there over halloween and we so in like the autumn time we managed to get oktoberfest on as well and we were just like oh my so yes. god what is this so good yeah so good and then when when we got the thing was when we got sam when we got oktoberfest at a crew party that was amazing was um, everyone like way it was just like, literally if you're like you're like going over to the bit because it was literally like the big like massive i could just see like bins. slumping over and like oh what do we they would just pull today? all the bins out full of ice and shove loads of drinks in them and then they'd just all be out around wherever the party was, depending on what was happening. It was it sometimes they cordoned off a crew area, sometimes it was in the crew bar. Um that particular contract, I said that was the one where we ended up we went into dry dock, so all the passengers were taken off, the ship gets taken out of the water, they're mending it. So we had free run of the ship. So we had a pool deck party. Um we weren't allowed to the pool though, because the pool was empty. <laughs> um, but we we had it on the pool deck and let this just bins everywhere full of and like one of us rummaged through and was like oh my god there's octoberfest and everyone was like digging through and my very last it seems like a sam adams advert (laughs) making but then my very last contract um i was on the what was going to be the miami ship they started doing bigger ships that would be out of specific places but this one while it was when we were in its inaugural run before it got into its regular dealings, um, it stopped in New York and we were there over Super Bowl weekend and it got bought out by Budweiser and they covered up all of our branding with Budweiser branding. Everyone that worked like front of house had brand new uniforms. It was Budweiser, everything. And it became the Bud Light Hotel. And so everything that we normally gave out or that was normally available to passengers got changed to Budweiser, uh, AB InBev products. Um, So once that ended, they didn't take any of those products off. So there was still lots of AB InBev products on the ship. And so they were just like massive crew party. (laughs) Here's all these things. Uh, But there were things like Goose Island in there because they hadn't long taken over goose island and it was just like i'm like rummaging people were like oh what's that because it wasn't a corona and i'm like getting in there was like chocolate shock tops and there was pepe saisons oh. and there was like i Hills did IPA, love shock top right yeah, i love shock, shock top, top was a good one there was yeah. the, the apple crisp shock top the chocolate choc tops there was pepe nero saison all of these and there's me and my friends like digging through because no one wanted to drink them because they were like what are these weird beers where's the corona and the heineken and we were like taking and filling our pockets with them before we went back to our room so that we had a fridge full of decent beer (laughs) oh that's so good and still ab and bit of beer (laughs) no i mean like i just again like i i've said it before i'll say it again like i don't hate goose island or any of those like it's not that 
with, with the bourbon counties over her shoulder and i show off um yeah like i don't i don't hate them it's it's one of those things that it's like it's obviously if i'm buying a bunch of beer it's that's probably not what i'm buying but like if i'm out somewhere and it's not like a craft specific bar like yeah. i probably will have a goose island yeah and i don't hate the taste of it it's just obviously that's not the first thing it's not that right. that's my first port of call pardon yeah. the cruise pun but uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it's yeah cool 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 okay next question for you is there a film that you know line by line like by heart that you would still choose to watch repeatedly regardless yeah, yeah. labyrinth fair yeah okay fair. like massive a massive david bowie fan and it wasn't until my teenage years that i realized why i was such a massive david bowie fan and it's because i've always loved labyrinth simple That's solid that is solid how like how often would you would do you watch it like quite a bit or is I haven't it just watched it like whatever it's on would you be like yes yeah i'd totally put it on like, i this. haven't watched it in a while um just because my husband's got this really weird thing where <laughs> He doesn't like animation or puppets or anything like that. He just right, okay. he thinks they're for kids. So if and like if we're watching a TV show and they have like like for example we were watching Community when we were in lockdown and they did the he got ep- really yeah. annoyed with the puppet episode and with the claymation episode because he was like why have they done this this is for kids and I was like it's just another way of like <laughs> oh he'd hate us because that's all we about. do is watch like anime and I like, love Rick it like Morty I don't see and- I literally <laughs> if it's a if it's good I don't care if it's animated I don't care if it's but I don't care like if it's good I'm watching it but he's got a real thing about it and I think it's because he I, I think he was deprived as a child because he doesn't know the Disney films like he doesn't really know Muppets <laughs> like he's like he doesn't know any of that and I was like you have missed the joy when I found out I could watch the puppetry on Disney plus I was like like, oh my god the puppet show (laughs) right exactly and he doesn't he's just not into it so then I can't watch it when he's around because he's just like no this is for kids I love it I wish you'd just give it a try Lisa there's got to be one out there but he's already turned off he's like no yeah no he won't (laughs) I've tried believe me (laughs) I think I'm trying to think like mine would be Mine would probably be Scott Pilgrim. I've watched that film okay. more times than I can count. I loved the comic. The whole reason I watched the film was I love the comic. Yeah. And they did a really great job turning the comic, the graphic novels, into a film. And yeah, it was I don't think like Michael Sarah's great. He's not like the same, you know, right. spot as in the comic, but like he is really he's really good in it. And the whole thing is great. And like Rick and I watch that all the time. And then there's like things that are they did not age well at all, but we still we still watch them because it's like it's this nostalgia of like the time that like oh, I was great, like a uh, super bad, like stuff like that, like right. super bad in those films. We could watch like hundred times over. I could probably watch even something stupid like Borat. I could probably watch that like a hundred times over just because See, I love of that me nostalgia. A, I, I love me a Jane Silent Bob film. Oh yeah, that's good as well. Yeah, that's good as well. Yeah, love me a bit Kevin Smith. <laughs> sorry i'm just thinking about how it works we'll just be like they're nice <laughs> what topic do you think you are most knowledgeable about i came across that one but i didn't write that one down i thought it was a really um good one. i feel like i genuinely feel like there's no topic that i'm like super knowledgeable on. No, like i think I like it right so there's no, no i think that i genuinely know like 
lots of bits from a lots of things. All right, let me rephrase I'm it. I'm a jack of all trades, but master of it. none. <laughs> what thing could you just talk to someone about without any prep? I could, li- well, if we're going to, obviously beer, I could probably talk to yeah. someone about beer. Other than prep. beer. Oh, other than beer. Okay. Um, I could probably Because talk- then I say, if you say that about beer, then you need to stop saying, oh, well, I don't know, in my opinion, blah, blah, blah. I I'm don't just- know, because you are knowledgeable about beer. Done. I'm just thinking, like, when it comes to effortless conversation, I would yep. say, like, obviously beer first and foremost, but if we're taking that out of the mix, because obviously yep. a beer obviously- podcast, so we get that. <laughs> I would probably say... I could probably talk a fair amount about Japan just yep. from personal experience and travel and um, other things that I won't say to identify myself on that. But there are other aspects of where I'm involved in certain things that yeah. I know a bit more about that stuff. Um, and then maybe I'd probably say like, um, I guess part of that is like anime, TV. Like I could probably talk a fair amount, a fair amount about like, murder mysteries and stuff like true crime i do this like and i watch a lot of true crime so i can probably talk a lot about that without without prep but yeah i don't know same back to you then not beer related because obviously we know that you're beer related everything costume specifically probably costume design um and making uh embroidery and um gem and the holograms uh, oh, I could probably talk a lot about video games. Yeah. Thinking about that. Like, as I was th- sat on that, I could probably do a lot of chat about gaming yeah. without any prep. Fair. Um, if you had to go without internet or phone connection, let's just say, like, cut off from everybody, um, yeah. how how would you fill your time for a few days? Embroidery. Easy peasy. Um, and probably some form of sewing and reading do you know what? I don't get enough time to read I, I wasn't Agree. I've always been an avid reader and I just don't get enough time anymore like Same. to just sit down and read um I would literally take I'd be like give me a pile of books I'm just gonna sit and read Same. I think without tech if you were to give like the perfect yeah. the perfect day or whatever with yeah. no tech like no screens I'd probably sit there have a beer listen to my records yeah yes records <laughs> Or play board games with my husband, depending. If it's like just me on my own, it would be Gordon like... will not play Gordon will not play card games, he will not play board games. All Don't of that over that. there, that whole shelf area, yeah. that's all board games. And then I've got my records over there. Uh so it'll probably be like either alone, beer, records, and book, yeah. or with someone else, board game. Yeah, easy. Cool. Your next speed dating question. Go. Um what, what it what we're talking about books what was the last book that you read um can I take it so at the moment I am reading a project management book okay if I take that out of the mix the last book I read last fun book that you read the last fun book I read it is this is great because it's sort of all loops together actually um because I told you I could talk about Japan (laughs) probably quite well I read Tokyo Vice by nice. Jake Adelstein. So he's a journalist who worked the beat in Japan on uh, the crime beat in Tokyo and some other areas as well. I won't go into all the details, but um, there's going to be a show coming out and I wanted to really read it. And obviously this is based like it's a true, this is a true story that right. he's written based on his experience and working with the Yakuza and everything. And it's an incredibly interesting read. Um, I found this book um through hearing about the tv show obviously and i was like i want to beat the tv show to come out to read that but 
what set me off on that path to find out about that was um, a podcaster slash YouTuber called Abroad in Japan. And he also recommended The People Who Eat Darkness, which has to do with um, the seedy underbelly of made cafes and that whole thing in Japan. Um, I don't know if you remember the murder of Lucy Blackman. No. So that was like a British woman that had gone over to work in one of the maid cafes or the, not escort, but um, one of that, those scenes and she was murdered and it sort of investigates that whole area. And that's a true story as well. And that was really good. That was written by um, a journalist as well. And also there was um, a book on the tsunami that the same guy, Richard Lloyd Parry, I think his name is, um he wrote about a tsunami as well so those three books are the last three that I read for fun and they were obviously all based on Japan and they were really 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 good really hard to put down how about you um so I've read a lot of beer books recently take the beer um, books out of the equation yeah so I'm, cu- I'm currently reading um A Woman's Places in the Brew House by Tara Nurin highly recommend it um probably the last fun book I read was can I remember the title of it? It's the prequel novel to The Hunger Games, uh, Songbirds and Snakes, I think it's called. It's te- a, a ballad of songbirds and snakes. It's not quite as good as the books of um, Hunger Games. Highly recommend reading the books if you've only seen the films because they just it just doesn't quite really get into like the grit of the books like when i read those i know that i know the young adult i don't care um i, I do as well to be right, fair. Like, yeah depending I, on the good topic good book, I'm man. Yeah. good book is a good book um they really like oh, when i when i first read the first book the hunger games i was literally like so shocked because i was like this could happen like we could literally take <laughs> like i'm stressed thinking about it right we could literally just take like could have a dystopian future where people take over and yeah we're gonna just you know we're so into reality tv we're gonna cull people off by sticking them in an arena and let them kill each other like we i i could see it happening i could totally see it happening. i feel like we're not that far we're not far off it right we're not that far away from that really happening um so and the way it was written and like the gritty like real bit there are bits of it that i've got a real strong imagination yeah so i was i was saddened by the films because they did not bring to life what was in my head always the way but um I re- so this was the prequel and it looks at president snow when he was a teenager it's interesting. interesting it's it's not quite as good as the books but it was it was okay it was all right like lots of people were like ah no it's terrible um it doesn't have to be terrible to be like, yeah, it's not the best. It, it was all right. It wasn't as good as the others, but I see why it was written and it was okay. And it kind of gives you some interest, like interesting backgrounders and you you start to link things up and see, oh, that happened because of that and that happened because of that. Um, I've read a lot of dystopian <laughs> novels. Um, I've read a lot of true crime. Yeah. Sta- I've read a lot of true crime and stand-up. Yeah. And and you've read a lot, lot of dystopian. dystopian. Um, there's another series that I really like called the parasol protectorate which is a steampunk series cool um and it also has vampires and werewolves in it (laughs) brilliant i love it love those they're really good um and i've read all of those and then there's a separate series that's set in the same world that's really good um that's called the parasol protectorate 
that's really good and um uh then also i read the prequel novel to the handmaid's tale oh it's not the prequel it's the epilogue to the handmaid's tale um which was harrowing yeah (laughs) again it's not quite as harrowing as the handmaid's tale um how do you like how how do you even I mean, yeah. So if, you, like, if you've read that, if you've read the Handmaid's Tale, or watched the series Tale, was great the series, as well. Like, yeah, the series took some details from the book, but it was still amazing. Um, there's, it's, it's another one of those where people were like, "Oh, you, you did this to a character, and you shouldn't have done because it's humanized them." Blah blah blah. But um, again, it was good, but just not quite as good. I think it's one of those where, like, because you've got this, like, when you've got a book that's just so good, You're already up here. Yeah, the bar's a bit high, so, you know, mm. it was still good. And then I read another one called Voxer. No, Vox. hard to beat that. Another dystopian one. This one, women are limited <laughs> to... Because, you see, there's a theme here called Vox. Women are limited to... Like another dystopian. <laughs> they're, they're limited to a certain number of words a day, and they've got bands on. And if you say more, and it tells you how many words you've said, and if you get over that word, you get shocked. Um, That's interesting. Really, really interesting. All right, yeah, I'll read that, that one. That read sounds that. interesting. It's called Box. You have mm. anything that's on your? Do you have anything on your upcoming read? I've got Hokkaido. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, I've got Hokkaido Highway Blues uh, <laughs> by Will Ferguson, and that's about hitchhiking. A guy's real. I believe it's actually a, a um, fiction of a guy, um, a non-fiction of a guy's experience um basically doing uh hitchhiking down like the cherry blossom trail okay so yeah that's a, do you have anything on your like what's to read next book oh yeah my part my to to read part is ridiculous but um my i've got so many i've yeah. got so many no, my what's the next one <laughs> my absolute favorite author is cherry pratchett um and i've not read all the way through the Discworld series on purpose because i'm trying to stretch it out <laughs> um and just any discord novel i recommend to everybody read all of them the witches are my favorites next speed dating question what was your dream job as a kid i've got that one on my list as well um so i thought i was going to be a teacher <laughs> funny so i thought i was gonna be a teacher then my mum so my mum was this was like stay-at-home mum when we were kids um then when my brother went to secondary school went to primary school she went in as helping mum while she was there his teacher was just like oh my god you should become a teacher you're so good at this so my mum was actually at university becoming a teacher while I was at secondary school so then she became a teacher and I was in the classroom with her and I was like oh I don't think I want to do this <laughs> um and I suppose like one of those little dream jobs that you never think you're going to really do um was a singer just because I really liked musicals. <laughs> I'm not a singer. Uh-huh. I, instead, I worked in theatre in a in an area that I enjoyed way more. <laughs> and also every That's now and then funny. I would just add backing vocals off stage. Like every now and then they'd stick a microphone in my face. Everyone would do that though. Do be- I'd do backup vocals. So there you go. What about you? I do backup vocals, but in my mind and in the shower. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, funnily enough yeah when I was a kid when I was like little like quite young I wanted to be a singer in a rock band for sure um I wanted to be a rock star 
I think I've actually written in like things in school that I wanted to be a rock star. Um, it's funny, like me, when I was younger, um, I used to, <laughs> with, with my cousins, we used to, we used to learn Sp- the Spice Girl. Well, we already knew the Spice Girl songs because the Spice Girls were really big. Yep. Um, and <laughs> we used to learn the choreography and then we'd put on shows for everybody. Yeah. We'd call everybody in and be like, we're ready now. Yeah. Um, and, and I was always Ginger Spice because I was always on like, I hated it because people wanted to give me Posh Spice because my name. And I was like, okay. she's not my favourite. Ginger's my favourite. And no one would ever give me the ginger thing. So that was really annoying. Uh, so, yeah, that's when I was, like, like quite quite young. That's what I wanted. And then when I got to be, like, teenage years, I really wanted to be an adolescent psychologist. Um, okay. However, <laughs> I know that my brain is not wired for science and math. and so, Like, I like, I love watching, like, documentaries and stuff on psychology and stuff like that however when it comes to actually going to school and doing everything you need to become a psychologist like I was like nah (laughs) um I kind of didn't know what I was gonna do I just thought I probably when I got to my late teens early 20s I was like I'd really quite like to be a bartender just yeah being a project manager which I love so I can't really I never thought I was gonna work in IT it's really cool Uh, yeah I mean working in tech is really really like I cannot complain it is pretty cool some of the stuff we get to do get into project management where I'm not the one that has to know the ones and zeros is really great so okay off the back of that um what is your fantasy rock band fantasy rock yeah so you have to pick so it's it's not a real rock band so you take people from all the different rock bands and you build your fantasy rock band. Oh, I don't know. Played this on a on a art trip to France once. It's a great game on the coach. I'm not. I don't know if I could make one. Like, yeah, I genuinely okay. don't do you, do you want to hear my? Do you want to hear mine? Okay. Okay. So on drums, Dave Grohl. On guitar slash. A solid pip. On vocals, Gwen Stefani and Adamant. That's solid. I st- I don't think I could even. I'm gonna pass on that one. I don't think I can. I don't think I can answer that. You don't I genuinely just don't. I honestly like. There's too. There's too much that I like. There's too many people too that I like. But then I also like. Um. So there's too many people I like. But then also, I think the thing is, is like there'll be. I've always been like this, right? So there's been like people that when I was younger, I'd love these bands, but I couldn't tell you a single person's name that was in the band. right. But then I'd have people that would be like, oh, my God, like, I don't know, just take Fallout Boy as an example. People would be like, oh, my God, Pete Wentz is so cute. And I'm like, is that the lead that is. singer? Yeah. Is that like, which, like, I don't know which one that is. I know now that's, the ba- I think he's a bassist. I don't know. Um, I know who he is, but I don't know which guitar or bass, one of the two. Yeah. Um, but like, I was never that person that was like, oh, my God, I've got such a crush on like all these people. I was never like that. Right. I mean I could tell you all the Beatles like yeah 100% um but when it came to like bands I like like I couldn't just be like yeah like I obviously I know Dave Grohl and I, I know I know the people you've listed but yeah I don't think I could put together a band like it, I'd struggle because I'd be like it's too many choices there's too many good choices I don't think I could narrow it just down overwhelmed you with what I yeah. thought was a fun question <laughs> yeah it's too much my brain shut down I've just had a meltdown um <laughs> 
I like too many different <laughs> things as well that I'm like I going through the encyclopedia in my head and I'm like I take music questions very seriously because yeah. music's very important to me and I'm like but that's why I thought it'd be a good yeah, question <laughs> apparently not <laughs> too much my brain is shut down <laughs> yeah pass um <laughs> Uh, so are you more of a city person or a country person <laughs> i got this one down but i was going to ask you do you prefer city breaks or camping um oh two separate questions two separate questions do that are you a city or country person for us to live then we'll talk about holiday i think i'm a country person i don't really like living in the city um i mean we've kind of got the best of both worlds where we're here because i'm like out in a village and then i can just drive 20 minutes 15 20 minutes into canterbury which is a city but it's still fairly rural like it's not london so you know i like that about where i am what about you <laughs> i think i'm the same where like where yeah. i live at the moment but i'm definitely a city person yeah if you put me in the middle of the country i would i would hate it like i find that i could go for a break yeah that would be fine uh but long term i would hate it it's too quiet it's not close to things I love yeah, that is, being that is in a city. Amazing. Like I love I love noise. Like I fall asleep watching TV or oh, yeah, listening no, to same. or listening to something. Like See, I need I've something. Had cruise ship roommates who have to have the TV on when they go to bed. And I'm like, I don't want the TV on. I just want to go to sleep. Oh, so I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that for somebody else. So I'd be listening, like I'd put my headphones in and I'd listen to a sleep podcast or something like that. Like I just no, TV on. I could bed. not if it's quiet. Mm-mm can't do it but then I guess when it comes to city break versus like versus camping that's really difficult because I like them both for their own reasons I love camping because I love being around friends drinking playing games hanging out by the fire barbecue and that's really great like I could do that for a weekend I can take the dog I can be out in nature I can go hiking I can do all that fun stuff um but then like city breaks I really love seeing other cultures and going and visiting historical sites and trying new food at really good restaurants and seeing new breweries and stuff like that so yeah I don't know I couldn't pick one or the other it's just which is in the right moment yeah. with the right people if that makes yeah. sense yeah same. what about you uh same but Gordon hates camping <laughs> I don't get to do so it. we go camping no, every year we no. go camping every year because I mean it's easy because no. like when you have a dog it's the easiest thing you can do with the dog and still get to go yeah. somewhere I took him glamping once so we were in a pod but it was still kind of like camping because we didn't really have like anywhere to cook or anything so we still had to get like the barbecue and stuff out and he was okay with that because it wasn't in a tent but I don't think I'll ever get him in a tent I suggested it when we were going to the festival of beer and we ended up just going for the day um but I think even if we'd have gone to the festival of beer he'd have booked hotel <laughs> he would I would not have got him under canvas Fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, we've just been slowly accruing camping stuff because we like. I mean, camping I have camping stuff. stuff I go. I go. <laughs> we we like, guys, we've been but... slowingly like upscaling it. Yeah. Where we're like, okay, now we get this thing because we've gone right. camping enough that we can justify buying yeah. this yeah, table absolutely. or a new chair or something like that. Yeah, but I'm gradually um, getting bits, but they're just for me. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, treat yourself. Yeah. What's your go-to alcoholic drink outside of beer? Probably a margarita, if I can get a decent one. You cannot get decent margaritas in the UK. Soz. 
No, I love a strawberry <laughs> mug, and you cannot get a strawberry mug. I not get sure. good margaritas over here. I'm you got to make it yourself. I'm sure there is, you know, there are bartenders <laughs> that are cursing us right now, but I've been to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i had a lot of tex-mex i've been to texas like i've had all that south southwestern type stuff and cannot get a decent margarita over here what about you that's like when my dad's come to visit <laughs> it's like when my dad's come to visit and he gets a martini like he loves like a, a i don't know if it's a dirty martini or just a martini um and he's just like I don't understand why they keep putting like lemon slices in it and stuff. And he's like, this does not belong in my martini. And I was just like, dad, it's just the British way to make martini. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you want me to say to you. Like, yeah, He's like, I just want it. Bombay Sapphire, <laughs> an olive. Like, what is this about? I was like, I don't know what to say to you. They just, that's just what they do. It's probably Prosecco. Yeah. I don't really drink anything other than beer anymore. I don't either, but the only reason I'd say, I mean, I do, like, I like other drinks, but I never f- make the time to have them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I love gin. Like, personally, I love gin. And I, I love like gin, gin cocktails, and I just love yeah. cocktails, like, overall. Um, but I don't ever make the time to do it. Like, I'll have wine on occasion. The only reason I say Prosecco is just because my in-laws, that's, like, a lot of what they drink. So that just tends to be second nature of what I have. Yeah. But it's only because of that it's not because I'm like I love Prosecco over having gin or anything else so yeah what would the title of your biography be I think we should the our, our speed dating question we should end there because that's my last one as yeah. well <laughs> oh I don't know I think it would probably be um <laughs> I don't know I think it would be something along the lines of like shit you didn't ask for but I don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> of my life is like this is unsolicited I'm gonna tell you my opinion on this or I'm gonna do this but then also like I'll be like I'm quite an open book like really if someone asks me something like I will be I'll be honest I'm comfortable talking about all aspects of myself and I'm like here let me tell you something that you didn't ask for but I'm gonna tell you anyways but then also um if it's not the right thing to say or whatever I'll give a fuck I've just said it (laughs) what about you um either she she said she would and she did um or do it my own that was my first sentence (laughs) I like that yeah (laughs) I really like that I feel like yours is more like yours would be like this these are supposed to tell you feminist manifesto what somebody but like the the whole question of like what is your autobiography like that is all supposed to be what like dictates a lot about like you as a person <laughs> and yours is just like really positive uplifting yeah. like yeah. she said she could do it and she did it and like yeah. hero story of this amazing badass woman mine's just like you didn't ask me but I'll give a fuck <laughs> mine's like no fucks given mine's brute force no fucks given and yours is just like a I earned this <laughs> look at what I've done yeah. oh that's brilliant I love that <laughs> we did have questions that were sent in so I think it's only fair I've asked a question it would be a dick move to ask the question and not answer yeah. the question so I don't know if you've got any I've got some let me pull them up um, one. Do, you, do you want me to ask yours while you're pulling them up okay but so I, I, a question was sent in, um, 
and it was what's your favorite cheese and beer to pair with it <laughs> i'm so vanilla yours, with is, my yours is gonna be a really is yours gonna be a blue cheese <laughs> not. mine will be like uh oh god a sh- like but i like a very mature cheddar or okay. like a with a nice salty like a nice aged cheddar or something like i don't know i i like a i'm not opposed to other cheeses but i like a hard cheese and i don't like one that's particularly moldy okay. so it's just easier for me to go with something like a mature aged cheddar because that's uh i don't know i think it's the thing that just goes with the most and what would i pair it with probably a, i don't know flanders red because i do i have quite okay. taken a, yeah. a liking to the red winey style yeah of, of beer yeah what yeah. about you my favorite cheese is winsledale and cranberry love me some winsledale and cranberry um and uh i paired a cranberry goes with it one time oh it was so good really really good so basically it's like a fruity sour will go really well with that because there's tang in the wensleydale and the fruitiness kind of boisters the um the cranberries delicious i love a good um and i love it cleans your palate i keep whacking my mouth <laughs> you're like the bam, bam, excited. <laughs> and then you have it boom acidity <laughs> um, and then like the acidity and the carbonation cleans your palate away. Delicious. I I love Christmas time because I love when it's all the festive cheeses that come out okay, and you yeah, get like the little cranberry ones. And you can they're like little mixed packs and stuff. Yeah. And you can get uh, cranberry ones. You can get ones that are like marmalade ones. And I've had a Wensleydale that had raspberry, and... white chocolate and champagne in it. I had a champagne one as well. Yeah. That like really nice um those ones make me feel classy and I like them but I don't have anything specific I pair them with it is very much just a um I want to eat cheese yeah so (laughs) whatever I feel like drinking when I want to eat cheese yeah so I've got a question that was sent in I'll get the one that's sent in that is probably one that only I can answer that was from Chris on Instagram and it's favorite D&D class that's a all rogue every day like yeah i know genuinely like (laughs) all the characters i ever play in any rpg it's always rogue because i think that it very closely (laughs) i can closely tie it in with my personality um just that that yeah that class just fits me so it doesn't matter the race i'm always a rogue all the time every game i play um and then the question was favorite other pen and paper rpg not played any other paper pen and paper rpgs um if you've got any suggestions of what i should play let me know uh but at the moment i have just started in terms of rpgs i have just started final fantasy 14 online which is an mmo rpg and surprise surprise i'm not a rogue but that's mm-hmm. because you can't start as that you have to get to level 10 first i think or level 15 and then you can switch to a rogue so that's what i'm trying to do so i can switch over to a rogue so i've picked i've picked a pugliest so i can get over and be a rogue as soon as possible with the least amount of learning curve um joe do you play any rpgs at all no. ever ever no okay. I ne- no i never have i've always wanted to give it a go but it's, <laughs> so i 
that's what I thought I was like this was probably one of the only I can answer it's really yeah. great highly recommend for anybody that's something about me um I, I play D&D uh, in my free time and I love it and it's really great because I've got such a great group of people that I play it with and we drink and we fuck shit up and <laughs> I love it and I do a lot of like I like the yeah, cartoon in the 80s does that count yeah, it completely counts. Good. Uh, and then I and then I do a thing where I'm like, I want to do this thing, and they're like, Why do you want to do that? And I'm like, It's just what my character would do. Just chill, guys. It's fine. I've got, I invented coffee. Calm down. Um, so, question for both of us from Beers of London: What's your favorite beer? I feel like I'm going to defer to you because I cannot pick a favorite beer. I genuinely cannot. Who? Um, well, Beer Co's Millionaire, Duchess. It, what's really difficult is like I think up there I struggle to pick one favorite because I've got a favorite of different styles because I find right. it very difficult to be able to say here's my favorite stout like I, I find it difficult to pick a stout against a pale ale for example yeah. like I just don't feel it's fair their their characteristics are so vastly different that how do you go about comparing and go what if you like if you like an array of tastes how can you say one is better than the other that's what I really struggle with. I struggle with rating systems and I struggle with saying All right, let's I put this above so let's that. Put it this way. You can only take two beers with you to a desert island forevermore. Just two. What what are you taking it's with you? It's harsh and it's hard. It's gonna be mm. something with pumpkin in it. Pumpkin okay. spice. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. It's gonna be a pumpkin spiced beer. Yeah. The best one. The the best one yeah. that I can find. Um then like again i can't say on specific beers but i'll say on style probably a nice juicy boy of a new england double ipa maybe something that's very like we get the marshmallow sweetness in it like i quite like the fruitiness and the marshmallowiness and and all that it's very difficult though because i just i love such a variety yeah for different i mean i wouldn't want to give up trying all the different things no, yeah. For these two beers. Like, I still want to try all the beers, but those ones that I will regularly go back to and be like, yes, this is still five out of five. This is, I just find that such a struggle. <laughs> um, that's like the, my arch nemesis of, of questions. Really good question, Beers London, but really difficult one. Um, here's a good question from Beers in Yorkshire. So, if you had a brewery, what would you call it? Queen and Unicorn. That's what my, my home brewing one's called. <laughs> Can you take that one out of the mix? Because I feel like that's a why? But why? That's I've never uh, my brewery. That all right, really worked out a bit a brewery name. That's fair. At least you explain it then. So I'm the queen, and Gordon's the unicorn. I like that. because he's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> he's like cut that. But he knows that. Like I... since we've started dating, right? I used to call him a dickhead for Ooh. a really long time, and then I so this is the story, right? So I used to call him a dickhead because you know. He's my husband. I mean, this is when he was my boyfriend. He was a dickhead. But um, I then found... So I didn't realise that was the origin behind that. That makes me laugh so much. Yeah. So I then found a a birthday card that was a unicorn and a horse. And the horse is saying to the unicorn, you say unicorn, I say dickhead. And so we've called him a unicorn ever since. I love that. I genuinely love that. (laughs) No, no further questions. I love it. (laughs) Uh, what would I name my brewery? I don't think I've ever put thought into this. It's not mm. ever been something that's been on my radar. It's not like a uh, quick question. You can't answer no. it quickly. It's not like a, but it's a really good question. Um, 
I don't know. I think maybe I would probably do some play on my name. So Tory, but but like Tory Gates, like yeah. Japanese Tory Gates. I was say, that's how I'm that. saved. That's how I'm saved in that's like what the symbol of my name in whatsapp and uh it's also like how rick's got it in his and it's funny because when we're in the car and it reads out who's like sent messages and stuff i'm in his phone as wifey with a like a tory gate on both sides and it will go shinto shrine wifey shinto shrine red heart yellow heart blue heart green heart and it's just it makes me laugh every time it reads out like shinto shrine wifey um so yeah probably something on that or or like the uh the fox the fox god like a kitsune um because it's like i love the the whole like stories of like the fox gods in japan and phelan looks like a little bubby fox so um yeah i've got a soft spot in my heart for foxes so probably one of those two but then I'd probably have to like then the reality sets in and you're like well I'm not Japanese so I can't really have a Japanese name for my brewery can I so <laughs> so there we go I'd have to put some thought into it but mine's really British because like you can see a pub called the Queen Unicorn you probably could yeah you definitely probably could but it's really catchy as well it rolls off the tongue so that's a good one I feel like I'd struggle to live up to yours um <laughs> I mean, yeah. I thought about mine for a long time. So, <laughs> those are all the questions from Instagram. We had, while I finish up the last of my double barreled, we did have, so we've had a group chat going on with the uh, Brave Noise ladies that we've been um, working on all of our stuff with. So, they did send us a few questions that they had as well. So, um, it's a perfect segue into talking about our Brave Noise Brood Day. It's just sort of a, I feel like we've talked about it quite a lot. So, we just want to, we want to bring it back to that and cover the bits that we didn't already cover. Uh, but this will be a good lead into it. So, um, uh, what motivates you? So these are questions, both of us, what motivates both of you? Um, I think for me, if it's in terms of beer specific stuff, what I find motivating is just the drive to meet new people and discover new breweries and try new beers like that's what I find really motivating like I really want to meet as many like-minded individuals as I can and try as many um, good beers from good breweries as I can if there's a brewery that's a really that holds the same ideals that I have like I want to know them and I want to get to sort of see them and try their beers and so that's what I find really motivating to me in the in the craft beer industry what about you um I suppose I just find beer really interesting like it's it's been pitched for quite some time now as like the cheap drink like the easy drinking drink but actually when you really get into like the nitty-gritty of how beer is made and how many different types of beer like different styles of beer there are and the different beer cultures around the world like it's it there's so much to know about beer brewers have so much choice in what they can make and how they can do it and they can use like one grain and one hop or they can use 10 grains and 10 different hops like there's so many decisions that change what's in your glass it's just really interesting and I I found that really interesting and when I've tried to learn about it there can sometimes be barriers because I'm not a man. <laughs> like, you know, people expect you to be a man doing this still. 
And so I've always, I want to find out as much as I can. And I want to learn more because I find it interesting. I want to talk to other people that find it interesting, no matter who they are. Uh, and I want to help other people to find that information as well. Like no matter who they are. So I guess in terms of like motivation outside a bit, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds stupid, but it's quite topical at the same time. Whereas like, I think my motivation is just to like prove to myself and people around me that I'm like capable of doing things that maybe as I don't know generally society maybe things that I'm not or people around me wouldn't typically like I think the fact that I'm a a woman in tech like (laughs) I don't you know I'm a woman in tech I'm a woman that's into beer I'm you know a woman that's into video games and comic books and board games like all those things that historically women aren't the majority in I mean obviously it's getting better all the time as as uh, to, to bring it back to the Beatles but um it's not at a point yet where it's like oh it's it's even numbers or there isn't that stigma still and I feel like what motivates me outside of beer is just to like prove to people around me that you don't have to be this one type of thing to enjoy what it is that I enjoy or to be able to do what it is that I do and I think the fact that I don't have a college degree as well makes me even more motivated because I want to prove that I can do it without a degree and just passion and putting in time and effort to do something so that's I know that's quite deep for a beer podcast but (laughs) that's what motivates me probably my motivations outside beer are the same like I smell so nice so I'm yeah I'm also in IT the amount of times I've been referred to as where's your IT guy hi I'm your IT guy um and then, but then as well, I've been in predominantly female position, uh, positions uh, and careers. Like teaching can often be mainly women, um, although I was a design technology teacher. But I was a textiles design technology teacher. As a wardrobe supervisor, that is ends up being seen as a women a woman's role because it's got sewing in it. And even then, after I'd spent eight years professionally on cruise ships doing that I was still just considered the seamstress you know I worked with Broadway directors and created shows from scratch with them and I was still just the seamstress like no one is just lesser than anybody else like everything we all have our rightful like we all have places we're all different cogs in the teams and the machines and making things work like there isn't a hierarchy to any of this we're all just doing what we enjoy or what needs doing um so yeah my motivation is just to do what I enjoy and make people be respectful just be a good person it doesn't it doesn't take much to just not be a dick right (laughs) to be quite honest it's really easy to just not be a dick yeah uh yeah so another question we've got is what do you want to do in life slash with your life? That's a really deep question. Um, and with the hard hitting questions. I don't know, because right. I I think my thing is like I'm very I recognize I'm very fortunate with mm. where I am in life. Uh, I mean, especially at 32, like I know a lot of people in my age back home like cannot afford to uh, you know, there's so much student loan debt. And I mean, I did go to uni before I dropped out, so I feel the debt as well. Yeah. Um but there's so much pressure to put school first and get your master's, master's, master's degree and everything. They just, they can't afford to 
get a job to pay for the debt and to own a home and everything so I know I'm very fortunate like I own a home I've got a really great supportive husband I've got a super cool dog I've got cool friends really supportive family in-laws immediate family friends all that um really cool hobbies like I the thing is is like what do I want to do with my life I I guess it's like exactly what I'm doing now except maybe like a little bit more travel (laughs) because of COVID I I used to travel but I haven't really been able to so just being able to travel again is what I'd really like to do with my life if you're talking about like dream career wise I guess it would be uh events events in marketing in beer would be my dream but realistically to keep beer as a hobby got to, got to plod along I mean I'm happy with my job as well so I can't even <laughs> can't even say that yeah same I'm quite happy with where I am like yeah changes could happen but I, there's nothing that I'm particularly like I'm striving for this sort of change in my life I'm quite happy yeah uh we got favorite place to go for me that's probably if we want to go repetitive it's probably Japan um because it's just so much it's like you could go to Tokyo for a week and not even scratch the surface in Tokyo and that's before you even make your way out of Tokyo and uh, the nature of things is like while you have your historic bits the more modern bits change so much because of like the rules around how long a business can stay where it is and and all that is just fascinating so things are like there's just it's always interesting like you could go however many times that still be new and exciting things um in terms of favorite places outside of the the norm i would probably say this is a real cop-out because it's like places that i haven't gone yet i would say like my favorite places are to go somewhere new i haven't been that's maybe not the most touristy place that everyone's going to but yeah I don't know Japan's probably my number one answer favorite place but what about you um favorite places I really enjoyed Alaska um I really enjoyed Hawaii I really enjoyed Canada um places that I haven't been to that I would like to go Australia New Zealand um and on the list i want to go to bamberg because i want all the smoked beers please (laughs) i just want yeah i just want to go to as many places as i possibly can um yeah i do like to go back home that just doesn't it just doesn't i I don't know but i've got got, like when i say home it's like it's weird i have a situation with multiple places on my home yeah i I mean i love boston i love new england 100 percent, but um yeah no that's a guess a good question we've already covered our hobbies really okay let's end it with this one let's go weird or interesting fact that someone wouldn't know about you um weird or interesting fact i've dressed up as a spice girl twice amazing Mm. um mine would be i wore a black wedding dress ah yes mine was purple Oh, well, yeah, I, that's one that people tend to, I don't know, not, not that they don't see it when I, like, when I say that, people go, oh, I can see that. Yeah. But um, it's not the thing that people tend to think about initially. So, yeah, that's, that's mine. Um, so getting into the brave noise, I've cracked mine. It's gorgeous. And if you've not yeah, gone, if you're listening to this and you don't have one, 
um please go out and buy one this is the can it's got faces on it happy days it's got <laughs> every badass lady and ollie and ollie, ollie's yeah. very important to the, yeah. the process as well um, be a wizard be a wizard for sure um great mentor so yeah it's got our faces on it pretty cool you'll see all of our posts on instagram and they've got maps of everywhere you can get it if you're local to me it is the hive and there's i mean it's been it's done pretty well if we're talking about like since launch day um my friend that works there messaged me saying someone came in the other day and bought a few cans of it and he you know showed me where it is on the shelf and like quite a few were gone and it was it was pretty cool and pretty surreal to see that um just the labor of our love that we had and it was I feel like the road to that was really like if we think about it was it we had to reschedule because so of many yeah COVID so many and... roadblocks in the way covid and covid the storm that storm, happened we almost we... didn't get the ingredients yeah. <laughs> yeah we almost didn't get ingredients we almost didn't make it to the place yeah Some of us didn't like the date changed what Few twice times. three times yeah, yeah. um yeah, it was, boiled over on the day. Yeah, we had a boil over, <laughs> which had never happened in the brewery before. Um, <laughs> like all the things. All the things. Yeah. But I feel like that made it even more to love. And it's tasting like genuinely gorgeous. Like there's lovely tropical fruits and it's so just, I don't know. Yeah, it goes really well with chocolate chip cookies. Nice. Yeah. Good idea. Um, <laughs> oh, it's just this like lovely, like creaminess to it as well. But then there's also this like, a bit of like a pininess in the background as well which is just like it's that nice contrast and I feel like it is very well balanced and it's just yeah it's lovely so if we want to talk about sort of quickly about the brew day itself the one thing that I didn't get to say last episode that I really I think I said it towards the very end but I want to make this point very clear as well I'm very thankful for Ollie and the fact that he let us do like literally everything the only thing that we didn't do was handle chemicals that was just because it would be way too much to deal with like health and safety for everything but other than handling a little bit of chemicals like he quite literally let us do everything I got to measure the water out and like to me I was like do you want me to do this and I was stressed because I was like well if this gets fucked up that's it it's I screwed it and I didn't want that to be on me and my brain thinks in you know inches and he's like measure it in centimeters and I was like ah and I I knew it but I was still like oh that's a lot of pressure but I really appreciated that he literally let us do everything from lifting bags yeah to like he, we, we literally turned off the brewery and he was like I want all of you to lift a bag <laughs> yeah unless you physically can't like, unless yeah. you physically can't yeah. lift a bag yeah because that's part, I, that's part of the job so it is, and I, and I genuinely think that, like, he probably... And when I said to him, I did say to him on the day as well, thank you so much for, like, letting us do it, like, all of it. And he was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Like, he just was... <laughs> he was just flat out like, yeah, of course, like, why that not? That ladder to get up to the grain loft, though, is a little bit sketchy. <laughs> a little bit sketchy. <laughs> and then there's I, no edge to the grain loft either. I, fa- I found it... Oh, I found it fine going back down. It was the going up. I was like... No, I was all right going up. Coming back down, I was like, I'm gonna Ooh, fall and die. I, I was fine coming back down. That was fine. And I mean, the, I mean, there was definitely like a railing around it, but there was bits that didn't have railing. And it was only because like Ollie was standing near the edge. And I was like, please don't. Like, yeah, like, oh no, I can't, I can't witness this. Stressful. But um it was an overall really good day. And I think we we both got there 
I think we were the first two to arrive and I think we both where it's situated for anyone that's going to go visit them because you can go and do brewery tours yeah um, you can go and have a drink there it's it's really like it's like a lovely little place in a in an industrial state as you'd think like most of our breweries end up being if they're not in a town center exactly and you almost don't know it's there um so we I think we both individually drove by it and then went to like where the little row of houses were and we're like we've not gone the right way (laughs) so if you go and visit and it looks like it's a place for big lorries to park up you're in the right place go there (laughs) so uh so yeah we both arrived the doggos were there which I loved the dogs do not like me (laughs) they don't like you (laughs) it's fine I can I think I think they were they were um it was big mood they were having a big big mood but they were they were so cute anyways and they were doing what dogs do when you go in their personal space and yeah love them they were so cute and then yeah we got to do putting the grains in and lifting the bags tried to lift the bags on my I I was like determined at one point I was like I'm gonna lift this bag I feel like those bags were bigger than the ones that were at I feel like they definitely were. Yeah. But also you had to, because they had the grain hopper. Yeah, it was high. You had to lift it over. Whereas like um, where we did the International Women's Collaboration Brew Day, it was like not as high of a lift. So it was a lot easier to sort of dump it over. I was determined. I was like, I'm going to lift this bag. I'm going to do it myself because I'm just going to prove I can do it. And I got it up to the top rail. But then because you have to lift it up even higher, I was like, I can do it. needed emma to help me that's so we, we and emma for. just we were there it. to support each other and do things together like lifting things together isn't doesn't make you lesser because you need somebody to lift it with you that's teamwork yeah but but yeah no it was just it's that thing of when i said dolly oh thank you so much for that he was like why and and i think he really underestimated the fact that you can go to a lot of breweries and i've said it before and i'll say it again i don't know if i've said it on the podcast or just individually to you and some others a lot of times like a brewery you can go and do a collaboration somewhere and ultimately they're not trying to be condescending they're not trying to think you can't do something they're not trying there's there's no negativity or malice behind it but the goal of a collaboration brew day is for the guest to have a really good time visiting that brewery and if they think that they can make your life easier yeah lift in a bag because they do it all day every day chances are they might just do it i'm not saying it's a hard and fast rule that everyone will do that but it's something that they might not even think about and they might just go it's easier for me to do this because i do this day in and day out um and ollie was just kind of like cool you guys are gonna do it and and i thought that was just really cool because he was like yeah it's tough but you're you're gonna do it you're capable of doing it and it and it felt I don't know it just felt really cool and it was something that I felt like was worth mentioning from my side what was sort of like the big highlight for you um I like seeing how different systems work it's like when I go to go on a brewery tour I've done a fair few brewery tours now and I like to see what new thing are you going to teach me today so I'm starting to get the same way about going to breweries and brewing (laughs) because I've done a few now uh but I um yeah, I found the so where we put the grains in the hopper, it then comes down and mixes with the water to go into the mash tun. Um, and I thought that was really interesting when Ollie was like, "Yes, yeah, so I've got this slight curve on it because if you do that, it twists the 
water and the grain together and you don't have to do too much of a mix and I was like that's clever that's just efficient like little efficiencies that can make your life a little bit easier that you can build into your brew house I thought that was really interesting his pizza was also amazing pizza was amazing yeah pizza was really good has it given you has it given you the base recipe yet I do yep 100% have that um (laughs) but yeah like the fact that it was just like yeah like we're gonna do all this and then he's gonna go off and make pizza Um, and I think because like there's so much weighted around as well he was doing other bits for other brews and I felt so bad because I was like I just want to help do something and he was like filling kegs and I was like I want to help and I mean he was so good at letting us ask questions and like I was saying like how do you know when it's when it's out or how do you know when you stop feeling okay and I think probably the best part was like just getting to spend the day with people that was like just such like-minded individuals yeah getting to have some like really brilliant conversations yeah that was amazing Uh, and it was yeah it was just really fun it's really fun and I just yeah everything it stood for we got to have all the meaningful conversations in person five stars can recommend but yeah we had a brilliant I think like launch day was great like the fact we sold out before launch was yeah blew my mind again that was part of like going back to what i said about everything i think is the coolest thing gets trumped by something else like our beer sold out on trade yep and then it was like cool let's see if we can shuffle things around and get some more in there and then and they did and then it was like cool it's sold out before release day for consumer and then it was like okay can we shuffle anything around here put a few more cans on and it sold out again like twice over yeah, I've definitely had people ask me where they can get it because they haven't been able to get one, which is amazing. I mean, the, the, it kind of makes you realise how small batch so like some breweries create, and actually, it's not as many as you many mm. beers as you think it is. <laughs> Agree. And I didn't know. I didn't think we were going to be able to make as much hype as we have done. I think we did a good job. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there's still way more posts to go about it. And yeah. you know, I very strongly believe that it's not about us versus other breweries doing it it's about all of us doing it yeah it's about as many as you can get doing it like yeah. i will buy and support any of them i had, um, I had someone yeah. messaging like well i can't get any like there's none up in scotland and i was like yeah sorry there's bottle shops but also i've said like you know fierce have done one Sport city have done one you know if nothing else maybe those being more local you might be able to yeah. get your hands on those you're still supporting the cause and talk about it this is the thing we have made a brave noise about this beer we need to We've make a brave definitely noise. not gone quiet <laughs> <laughs> we need to make a brave noise about all of these beers that are being created because that's how we're going to create change that's how we're going to raise awareness about why this beer even exists and i think you'll see more from us on this like we're not just going to be like cool it's you know we've released this and that's it it's done we don't yeah. care about it anymore or it's out there you've either bought it or you haven't yeah um you know i think we're gonna if, can't really say anything at the moment but i think you'll find that this is not the last time that we talk about this but yeah. i know this episode was mainly focused on the interview about us but we felt like it would be amiss to not have a quick follow-up with the things that we hadn't had a chance to say especially because we've now got it to yeah. hand and when we recorded last episode we did not yeah. so um it came literally i think like the next day yeah so but yes very excited about it if you can still get your hands on some at the time to listen to this like please do check out what we've posted you'll see everywhere it's available 
um if not ours somebody else's encourage your favorite brewery to make it exactly as we said in the last episode ask the breweries you love to go and make it show them that you would support them if they made it and that you really want to see it it's not just about it's not just about you know supporting women it's not just it as as emmy said perfectly on our last episode it can happen to anybody it can happen to men it can happen to women it can happen to any race ethnicity gender or you know in between genders like it could happen to anybody so we have to stick up for each other this that's what this beer is about ask your breweries to show that they do care about everybody so yeah get off because we know they do (laughs) we know they do we know know they they do cool so joe if people have any other questions that they want to ask you or they want I highly doubt that they want this because they probably are sick of hearing us babble about ourselves. Anyways, if anybody for whatever reason wants to ask any more questions of you, where can people find you? Um, you can find me, I'm a woman's brew on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's kind of the, the podcast page now. Um, so message us about anything podcasty on there. Um, my beer school where is I mainly hang out is love beer learning and that is on facebook instagram twitter pinterest and tiktok um, mostly hang out on instagram but come find us there and we have a website which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk there's a lovely blog there and that also links to my youtube so there's some great stuff on there and if you're not sure what we've been talking about and babbling about this um brave noise malarkey there is a video on my youtube that will um explain that to you find that in the link in my instagram if you want to do that um and also we have an email address which is lovebelearning at gmail.com you can message me there we're still taking um messages for the podcast there let us know who you want us to talk to what you want us to talk about tori if people would like to talk to you where can they find you yeah if you've got any questions not that i haven't already (laughs) spelled out my entire life story for you Uh, If you want to know anything else about me or my drinking habits or just anything in general, you can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. So at the moment, our Brave Noise beer is showing as rating just slightly under 4%. Nice. stars four, star, four stars not four percent four stars out of five that's nice it's 3.9 it was four yesterday yeah. uh so i'm excited about that i'm gonna go finish this and with that note cheers, cheers. <laughs>